I actually ran down a kickoff in knee braces in college. This is the first time I had ever seen you fat, too, in a football uniform. I didn't think I was fat yet, but thanks. What? Moving on. You made on. the tackle. They, they showed it in slow motion. On his stomach, just do-douche, do-douche, do-douche. You're making this up. It's because Miami of Ohio. I know exactly what I'm talking about. I was sitting I know in the living room watching it. They didn't have HD television back then. Back then? Jason, <laughs> don't act like you're ancient. Welcome back to New Heights, baby, a Jukes original show presented by Wave Sports and Entertainment. We are your hosts. I'm Travis Kelsey. This is my big brother, Jason Kelsey, both from Cleveland Heights, Ohio, University of Cincinnati, Bearcat alumni, uh, repping the sea. And um, yeah, New Heights comes out every Wednesday. You can check us out uh, on YouTube, anywhere you get your podcasts. Please listen and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts and watch and subscribe on our YouTube channel, as well as follow us on all social media channels at New Heights. We had a fun week one, baby. Let's uh, got two wins on the board. Jason, why don't you talk about what we got coming up? Yeah, well, we're going to talk about both of our games, obviously, from week one. Uh, we'll highlight the best performers from around the league. Uh, plus, we'll be talking about Super Bowl hangovers, primetime games, and uh, whatever other antics we decide to talk about. And we got another set of 12 hard-hitting questions to recap uh, week one and uh, some of our insight on what's going on around the league. But first, we want to quickly thank everyone that tuned in and listened to the first episode. Thank you, guys, man. And if you're back, welcome back. Yeah, did you get any good uh, reactions from uh, people listening to the show? Yeah, or I mean, friends. All, I didn't see any like random person, like somebody I didn't know, talk about it. But I knew that I, I have a lot of friends on the team that uh, that listened to it and absolutely loved it. Um, more so, just enjoyed listening to you talk about how you cut off some balls, um, <laughs> and uh, and just the fact that you're getting into the farming world. There's a lot of ties because there's guys that a coaching staff that was in Philadelphia coached you so they feel like they know you personally and and to hear you talk about all that stuff they absolutely loved it so but nothing but nothing but positive feedback over here what about you um well i got most of my feedback that i saw on instagram from uh one of my uh former teammates and uh guys that i look up to a lot chris long uh gave me a call was giving Legend. me a little bit of pointers and uh enjoyed the uh Six I, five I uh, talk. Uh, <laughs> Gotta love it. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Malcolm Jenkins, uh, boy, George Kittle hit me up. Gee, Wanted Kittle. to reiterate that uh, he loves run blocking, so he's not going to be shitty at run blocking. So um, he's <laughs> going to continue man. to dominate in that realm. Hopefully my brother and, can uh, get healthy, man, get back out on the field. <laughs> but I did get one person who said a negative thing. Bo Allen said it was amateurish. In his words, uh, he hated it. So uh, hopefully, uh, you you know you want to know what else is amateur? Nebraska football. <laughs> we went to Wisconsin. It's the same white red in the middle of the world. <laughs> All they both are Big Ten buns. Oh my god, that's great. <laughs> What's the difference um, again? All right, they are red. They're, they're both in the middle in the Big of the Ten. They're both <laughs> no real athletes on the field. Where do we start? The first 12. You want right. uh, to jump it off? That's right. We're going to start off with your game first. All right. Chiefs-Cardinals. Big game versus the highly touted Cardinals defense. What did you guys do differently in training camp? I think it was more than just training camp, man. I'm going to tell you guys about the Golden 15. And this isn't new. This is Every, every team has a certain set of plays that they go into a, a game with a scripted set of plays. 
that either complement the plays you've ran in the past or complement the plays you're going to run in the future. Um, but if you give Coach Reed two, three months, uh, this offensive coaching staff, that much time to, to game plan for a team, it's going to be flawless, man. And I've been, I've been a product of it year in, year out. And I don't I think I'm going to miss the feeling of the first game, the night before the first game, getting those first 15 plays. And those first 15 plays are based off of the tendencies that these coaches, these defensive coaches that we're playing um, have on first down, second down, third down throughout the first quarter uh, and throughout the first drive. And it's just, um, man, it's like having the answers to the test. It's like seeing a movie you're really excited about, seeing the previews for it. And when you see the movie, it's like you saw all the good parts in the previews. You just know exactly what's coming. You know what what plays are going to be big hitters, which ones are going to be successful. And I'm just licking my chops the night before the game, visualizing all these plays because you just know you're going to get these certain coverages and you've ran them so much in preseason and training camp against different looks so you just feel confident in how you're going to attack them depending on what they do present. And uh, sure enough, we started off fast, man. The first, I think, three drives we scored on, and it was just uh, it was an uphill battle for the Cardinals ever since. Yeah, man. So for, for those of you who don't know what the first 15 is, uh, first 15 is the first 15 plays that uh, the coach is looking to get to, the offensive play caller, in regular football scenarios. So usually first, second down plays. You have a couple third down plays sprinkled in there, uh, but – I can uh, relate a little bit from my time with Andy and with Doug, who also did a first 15, where that first week, it's littered with plays that you haven't repped yet, you know, in a game situation. You've been working on them all off season. These are plays that you're looking forward to finally being able to uh, see what it looks like out there on game day. So uh, that's awesome. How'd the first 15 go? Yeah, they were flawless. I'm not going to lie. Coach Reed Lightweight, he tricked me on one, man. I thought it was going to be a big hitter for me as like the third or fourth play of the game. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking he's going to dial this thing up. It's a double move for me. He brought in the same personnel. He brought yeah. in the same formation with the same, <laughs> the same, uh, Y motion or tight same end action. motion on it. Yeah. Same action. It was the exact same everything. And I just so what was I heard different? first half of the play and just blacked out. I was like, yeah, oh! this is it. It's coming. I'm about to be streaking down the field, and um, it was a run play, and I showed my cards, and that play didn't work when we oh, actually gosh. ran it. <laughs> I felt like so it the, the other run. yeah the uh, the other thing you got to be wary of the first fifteen a lot of times are designed to go off of each other. So what Andy was doing was actually setting Travis up, <laughs> but because he wanted the candy, I was excited. Before he was in the store. I've been visualizing it all day, all night. Yeah. The night before, man, I just knew I was going to hit a big one for us, man. Got to lock just, in. Got to listen to the yeah. whole play. Got to listen there. to the words that speak to you, brother. <laughs> All right. All right. You've been with Pat maybe the longest. What do you guys work on to keep evolving your relationship? As any, you know, offense goes, you just get the reps, man. I mean, I think yeah. uh, I think we're very fortunate. We got a great offensive coaching staff that tie in all the plays together, like we were just kind of talking about. Um, and from there, it's just getting reps, reps, talking about how he likes to see things develop, how he likes me to run these certain routes versus certain coverages, and and hearing how he talks to other guys about that. You know what I mean? That same scenario. It's just you just are as long as you have the mentality every day coming in trying to figure something else out you know trying to trying to take the game to the next level 
Um, and then on top of that, uh, just getting with the guys outside of the facility, I think is huge. Getting to know guys, understanding, you know, genuinely, you know, we want this to be a family. We want to have your back throughout, throughout it all. I mean, that's, uh, that's everything. It's a good point. So, so you're a firm believer that like relationship wise, like how well, you know, somebody even outside of football can affect how you guys play on the field. 100%. 100% 100% 100% because I I have so much more fun when I genuinely are, am friends with the guy next to me and I yeah. play that much harder for him when I know him that much more what do you do off the field to evolve the relationship I mean besides play golf could, yeah I was about to say golf there's any activity pickleball's a big one out here in Kansas City um whether it's just going to the casino or hanging out at somebody's house, you know, it doesn't matter where you're going. There's anywhere you can have that conversation or, or just, uh, just hang out with a guy, I guess. A lot of that, a lot of the conversations come at lunchtime in the cafeteria, you know what I mean? Or the bus rides to and from a game or the plane rides and stuff like that. It's this nonstop, uh, comedy for the most part in the locker room. Cafeteria might be the most underrated place in the building. I mean, that's where I have the best discussions, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> next to the sauna maybe but um yeah no off the field i think uh do you guys drink at all do you guys partake in uh i mean the partying or the yeah. beers are flowing when i was a rookie brent Selleck and todd harriman's had a bar called 879 and it was uh that was because brent Selleck was number 87 todd harriman's number 79 talk about some creative guys 879 so <laughs> Anyways. Shout out to sales, baby. Yeah, you so, so my rookie year, we were not very good. Uh, this was Andy's second to last year in Philadelphia until that bar opened up. And we started having what we called Thirsty Thursdays. Ooh. Thirsty Thursdays. Then all of a sudden, four-game win streak. Mm. Now, Friday practices? Eh. <laughs> not. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> It, a little you know, bit slower. Not fast well, Fridays. Yeah, yeah, They're I'm, not I mean, fast you, Fridays anymore. Yeah, you, know, you got to lock. You got to lock in. But you know, um, I'll never forget uh, Thirsty Thursdays. Vince Young. Uh, oh, he's legend. in. He's in this bar in a full three teammate. I've heard. He's in this bar, full three piece suit. I think I'm in <laughs> sandals and sweatpants, and uh, he said, "Hey, Rook, come over here." And we go over to the bar, and Vince says, "All right, I'm gonna show you how we drink in the NFL." And I'm like, okay, Vince, all right. I, I don't even know what to expect. And um, Vince uh, proceeds to order two shots of Patron and two kettles on ice. We take the shot of Patron, and he says, all right, now this kettle, you're just going to sip it. There's no sugar in it. You won't have a hangover. You'll be good for practice tomorrow. All right? We'll do a couple more Imagine. of these, and it'd be early night. Bro, he was I'm within five minutes. He had downed all of the kettle and was ready to do another one. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Hey, listen. And Vince, and I that's still, how it's done. Hey, hey, I still love you. I will go out there and play football with you any day of the week. One of my favorite teammates. Um, you know, I'm not drinking kettle one. I'm sorry, man. I'm out. I listen, <laughs> I'm out. I don't. I'm sure as hell not sipping that I'm shit. I'm not trying to be like brand specific, I guess, but. The, the the real thing is really getting to know people, getting to uh, to uh, open yourself up outside of the game of football and uh, who you are as a person uh, lends itself to people connecting on a deeper level. And I firmly believe it makes a difference. So uh, 
yeah, I'm glad you guys, you and Pat, get drunk on TV and play golf together. Might be why you guys are so good on the football field. All right, here we go. Number three, Mahomes said in the offseason the receiver with the big game might change week to week. Do you guys know going into each game who it's going to be, or is it sometimes figured out uh, when you see what the defense is giving you for the day? Yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all based off of what that defense's flavor is going to be for the day. Um, sure. And just what we have in the game plan. We have so many personnels that tie in with all these formations and, you know, every single play has, at least a pass play, has a certain set of, like, progression, right? So, like, depending on what the defense defensive coordinator calls, whether it's cover four, cover three, cover one, whatever he calls, the quarterback knows he has a certain progression that he goes through and, and certain guys are supposed to get the ball. So it's yeah. really... I don't want to say it's a crapshoot, but it is all up in the air because we have a bunch of wide receivers that can make plays, and Pat trusts everybody right now for sure. I mean, especially after a game like that where nobody was really screwing things up. Everybody was just flying around making plays. But but you guys definitely have plays designed for specific people to get the ball throughout 1, the thousand percent, 1,000%. Yeah. yeah. And so I you know like, a little I feel, bit. I feel, like Coach Reed, no, I feel like Coach Reed does a great job of giving everybody – a, a chance to get that rock and I and that only helps you know keep the defense on their toes or on their heels reacting to what we're doing because they just don't know who to key in on or you know who's who they're who we're thinking of trying to get the ball to on this certain play and it changes on first second and third down you know coach Reed yeah. tries to not give a good tell on that yeah I guess this comes a, so this is a question from somebody who plays offensive line and knows nothing about receivers and quarterbacks how often does a play that's designed for you Go to somebody else. Get, like, what's a percentage? One out of five? No. One out of four? Uh, not, not when you got Andy Reid dialing them things up, baby. Um, I would say it's definitely with coach, with coach and Pat. I would say, I would half, say half the time. More than half. More than half Three. the time. Yeah, and obviously, right. you know, pressure. Certain. It, it just depends on what the defense is playing. You know, if you get a look that you're not familiar with, you sure. know, if you're calling a play because it's cover three, and all of a sudden they go too high shell. Of course, I'm going to try and run my route different because it's a different coverage and, you know, try and get open. Um, yeah. So I'm always available. But at the same time, it's like the, the play is designed if it's a different coverage to go to a different guy. So it's like, yeah, right. You know what I mean? So it's all based on, you know, when coach dials it up, do we have the look that we're looking for? All right. Well, uh, last question for you guys from week one. Uh, you guys had your safety, Justin Reed, fill in to kick Jay Reed. Other than and tight end and kickoffs and kickoffs and, right. and not only just kicking off, making the tackle on kickoff. He kicked and made the tackle and made the tackle. I think twice. I think was he, it I because the returner broke, like broke free no. and he was like the safety? No, no? I'm mean, talking about like 25 yard line, 30 yard line. He's well, then he's the bad. The, That's not his job. Huh? His job, your job as the kicker, Time is Jason, to be the safety. Jason, let's give him let's give him some slack. Right, he is the safety. All right, he's the safety on the team. All right, all right. his Listen. first two kicks went—I th think they went through the uprights. He what happens if he goes down him. and misses? What happens if he goes down, the, gets the, washed out of the play? Who's the safety? The backside one. What do you mean? Everybody's oh, yeah. everybody's got to have a all right. an angle of, of pursuit. Jason, have you ever played right. defense? <laughs> first of all, this guy's never played defense. Huh? First of all, that's kickoff. Uh, pursuit is pursuit. All right, when you're tackling, <laughs> I'm not even. Getting, I'm not even going to get in this. Does the defensive coach have you ever played coach? Teams? Yes, yeah. I actually ran down a kickoff in knee braces in college. It's my favorite. It was one of my favorite things. And you, as I the normally... contain guy, 
They had me as number two, and number one would loop inside of me. Seventy pounds. This is the first time I had ever seen you fat too in a football uniform, which was it was beautiful. It was glorious. You look great. I didn't think I was fat yet, but thanks. What? All right. Moving you made on. the tackle. They they showed it in slow motion. You in knee braces. Your gut. It looked like you had a like a Bosu ball just sitting on your waist. You're making this up. I swear to God. You, you know how I know Miami of Ohio. It was against Miami of Ohio. I know exactly what I'm talking about. I was I sitting know. in the living room watching it. Yeah, but they didn't have HD television down. back then. You so that's down. how I know you're lying. Back then? Jason, <laughs> don't act like you're ancient, motherfucker. You're 2007, maybe? He's slow oh, motion, him breaking down in his stomach, just do-douche, 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 just going from side to side, bouncing around. He just make the tackle like a All-American linebacker, man. He got me hype. Got me that was hyped. back when that was back when there was still a wedge unit on kickoff return. <laughs> I was a part. Can you of that. believe that that used to be a thing? <laughs> I was a part of it. I don't. I I wish it would never happen, bro. I I think the best thing we could ever do is go back in the archives and just <laughs> compile <laughs> clips of the absolute okay, maniacs, right, bro. Oh my god, you you had to have some screws loose. In order yeah. to be a good wedge blocker on KOR. Oh and, I mean, I just, the reason I want to watch the clips is it was just mayhem. I mean, there was, a clip, in, there was a clip in college. Do you remember Colin McCafferty? Do I remember? Why do you Bro. think I just, yeah. And uh, he was our special teams ace, ace in Cincinnati. The beast. The, the best one out there. Nobody could touch him. And we're going over KOR, and we're playing UConn. And one of their guys, we, we nicknamed the him beast. the beast. For the, the beast, week. and uh, the beast was sh- shedding two, three blocks, making tackles down at the ten yard line. This dude was unbelievable. It was like Little Giants. It was like Little he, Giants movie. It was Spike. He sh- we should have nicknamed him Spike. Yeah. So our special teams coach gets up there. Coach Elson goes, you know what? This week we're putting our beast, our beast. up against their beast. For those of you who don't know, after the game's over, you all have you, you have a special teams meeting where the entire team is in there. <laughs> all right? So this week, after the game, we're all like, we're about to watch what happened on this play as a team. We're going to see the beast We're about versus to watch the beast. King Kong and Godzilla go at it in this And meeting. right away, the ball gets kicked off. You see Colin. Colin runs similar to like Forrest Gump, just like no like swaying at all. Locked in. And the beast makes they make eye contact and literally 30 like yards. Magnets. Yeah. They're like, we don't care who has the ball, where it's going. We both know what's happening. It did not disappoint. <laughs> Flying everywhere. Guys knocked off their feet, both of them. Colin gets up and is. Starts walking, and his knees start shaking, and then he just slowly crumbles <laughs> to the ground. Well, the funniest part about the clip is that nobody noticed Mark Waugh on the wedge. Marcus Waugh oh, was lying face down. <laughs> Chill out, man. Chill out, man. This guy nobody was concussed. noticed, But nobody noticed, and he just got up like, oh, my gosh. All right. But yeah, these guys yeah. would literally the wedge they were unit. So locked in on the beast. Man. beast yeah, the beast. wedge unit. This is what your job on the wedge unit was back before the NFL decided to outlaw this barbaric behavior. <laughs> oh my gosh! You would run back till you were ten yards from the returner. Link arms, interlock boys. arms like a human wall, <laughs> and there'd be one guy's job to look back and you say, 
Go! <laughs> <laughs> and you would proceed in your one job. <laughs> Who came up with this shit, man? It worked like a charm. That's why they did it. Yeah, until you ran into a beast. Once you found three guys for the wedge, the other team had to find the guy to go blow up the wedge. Yeah, the wedge buster. The wedge buster, Peters. man. Dude, I'm telling you, oh, that's going to be a future crazy, episode. Man. We're finding clips from kickoff return and kickoff. Wedge busters and wedge. It's going to be highlighting the wedge unit and the wedge buster. That has to be documented. I don't feel like that's been touched on enough. I'm with it. I'm with it. Man. Moving on, the Lions kept it close, brother. You guys had a, a heck of a fight. Um, I'm not gonna lie. After watching Hard Knocks, I kind of, I kind of became a, a fan of the Lions and a lot of the characters they got. Dan Campbell would love to play for him. Awesome guy. Yeah, man. How was your, uh, how was the game? How was your perception of the Lions after you played them versus uh, maybe what you saw on HBO? What they do on HBO backs up, you know, the type of team they're trying to identify as. I mean, they're, they got a coach who's a tough-minded, hard-nosed coach, and uh, their team played that way. Obviously, biting kneecaps. Um, yeah, I mean, at one point we're up 17 and, you know, you're close to kind of breaking a will of a team, but not, you know, they, they fought to the end uh, very close to, to beating us. And, um, you know, I think if we don't have Jalen Hurts in that game, they probably do beat us. Ooh. You know, Jalen Hurts, man. Yeah, Jalen is who has faced a lot of criticism this offseason. Uh, really, his whole career. Really? Yeah, I was about to say his whole career, dating back to college. Well, and, and it's going to continue. You know, he's. I mean, he's still in his third year. He's got a lot of football left in him. And <clears> this is the way the league works. You know, it's always coming after you. Um, and uh, I'll tell you what they can't hate on is how that dude competes, man. That guy, that guy brings it, man. Yeah, well, he brings it. But I mean, if if you look back at this week, we don't win that game without Jalen Hurts. The the protection that broke down early with blitzes and different looks that uh, we didn't either communicate uh, well or pick up well his ability to go off beat and uh make something happen uh it saved us multiple third downs uh multiple drives that were kept going because of the type of player he is um and then he didn't disappoint in the air aj brown set a record for an eagles debut with 155 yards um you know he, I, he was on target in all phases and uh we needed him to be to win that game with how the rest of the team played. So uh, I mean, couldn't be more happy with how Jalen played to start the season off. I mean, kind of already hit on what I'm about to ask you, but he became the only other quarterback not named Pat Mahomes to throw for 300-plus uh, yards, no turnovers, and get the dub. Um, how do you see him – how does he keep progressing? I mean, is the offense evolving for him, is it, is it, or is it just all tailored to his skill set? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, you yeah, both. You know, I think the the as an offense, if you're not evolving in this league, you're you're behind, you're behind. right? You have to continue to try and find different ways to attack defenses, different ways to improve, um, and it's obviously gearing towards Jalen. Jalen's our starting quarterback. Uh, he has a skill set that's unique, makes him very <clears throat> dynamic for a defense to defend, and we utilize that. And yeah. uh, that's one of the reasons we we are the number one rushing team in the NFL last year and we barely ran the ball the first five weeks um, and the only reason that happened is because of Jalen Hurts and his ability to keep the ball and be they a threat legs, yeah you know it keeps the, the numbers honest for the offensive line and everybody else so 
of course, the playbook is going to be more geared towards him and his skill set. Of course, our offense is going to continue to evolve, much like what you said with the Golden 15. You know, there, there are a lot of plays that we repped yesterday that you know we've been really looking forward to running all off season, and um, you know most of them worked out pretty well. Uh, and I thought, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, a lot of the success of uh, of the offense really came down to one guy doing a very very good job, and that's Jalen Hurts. As well as AJ Brown, I can't discount AJ Brown. He's that dude's good. As well as I'm sure everybody else, you know, you don't win a football game with just two guys. Everybody chipped in and made You're plays, right. man. So you got to see the number two pick, Aiden Hutchinson. Um, did you have any encounters with him? I know he's on the edge, but what did you think? Not really. I helped out a little bit with him when he was rushing over the guards, but as a center, you don't see the DN very often. But Does it, did he remind you of anybody going into it? <sighs> I don't know. I. I try to – the cop thing is g- good for fans because it kind of gives you somebody that they know and can relate to. Um, but he's a tough one to cop. For some reason, he it's kind of like a more athletic or like a, a more nimble uh, Jared Allen kind of type player. Uh, has some really, really good uh, stutter bowl, long arms, gets extended. He can attack you uh, – inside outside or right down the middle and makes it all kind of look the same speed to power uh you know they lined him up a couple times in this overload set where he's clearly outside of the tackle coming down uh, with a full head of steam uh so he's gonna be a really really good player uh oh yeah and i had a I'll tell you what, he might not have that he might not have that Jared Allen mullet man, but he's got some personality. Watching Hard Knocks and seeing that dude uh sing some Michael Jackson. That was uh that was pretty good. Did you did you see that, Jason? Did you see him? Did you guys I, I ever did do the, the rookie uh symposium or not the rookie symposium, the Rookie show? Yeah, the rookie show. We do. We do, do something similar. We do the uh the singing and stuff like that. Andy's never done it. Right? We tried it one year and I think Eric Fisher went up and sung his his uh college like alumni song or whatever it's the school song and it was just oh, that's like, an immediate boo. It, was, it was dead yeah yeah shout out to fish though man i love the big hey fish, fish listener to the uh to the show well i don't know if you listen to the podcast he commented on one of the videos but uh nice. he gave a shout out to tom melvin tommy mel yeah uh, he always yeah. deserves a shout out baby long time yeah. tight end coach not only in kansas city but was out there in philadelphia with andy reed as well um has helped me light years in terms of where I've been as a tight end and a professional man. Yeah, he's been your only tight end coach. He's been the only one, man. It's just it's been me and him for ten years, man. Getting the job done, baby. So I'm not gonna lie, brother. You're uh not only are you TikTok famous now because of all the views you got from the episode last week. Um you're viral right now because of mm. your uh encounter with the D tackle from the Lions. What's his uh It's a linebacker. It? Malcolm oh linebacker, Malcolm Rodriguez. Gave, yep. you, gave you gave you a good old WWE hip toss. It was good. It was. Uh, I thought I had him. I was driving him in the end zone, and uh, right at the last second, ah! gave me a nice uh, judo hip toss. Did not see it coming. So productive play. Got well, man or it was impressive nonetheless. It was a quick twist of the hips. That he's a good player. He uh, made a he made a better move on me on a draw play earlier in the game where he made a tackle on Jalen Hurts. Um, that kid's got a really bright future. He's been a star of the Hard Knock show. Um, seems like he's got a great mentality. Um, 
and it's not the first time I've been viral for getting my ass kicked. So, uh, <laughs> and I'm sure it won't be the last. <laughs> I got hip tossed by Von Miller like my second year in the league, and he actually hip tossed me from a, like one knee. Yeah, <laughs> I felt like a rag doll. I thought the play was almost over, so I kind of just I don't want to say I I let up on it, but yeah. I definitely wasn't trying to, you know. Put it, put any more attention towards Vaughn, and Vaughn had uh, just a completely different idea of what was going on. Um, knew he wasn't going to make the play, and just absolutely hip tossed me and threw me into next week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, go. I, I feel like going viral uh, for getting your ass kicked is like a rite of passage in the NFL. <laughs> There's no everybody's going to get when it's against at some a good point. player, man. Oh, for sure. You know, it's uh, Von Miller. I remember you went viral. Lane Johnson did this like spin move against him, which was unbelievable uh, a few years back. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's like a rite of passage. And uh, hopefully you got more viral videos that end up being good than bad. We talked about A.J. Brown's debut, man. That was uh, It was fun to see him just get out there and make plays for you guys, man. That dude's an absolute baller. You could put him anywhere on the field and he just makes <laughs> plays, man. Yeah, I mean, he's a mismatch no matter how you kind of swing it. You've had some unbelievable receivers come through, not only come through but on the team right now, but where does he rank if you could put him – I know you. it's hard to rank your teammates and everything like that. I play with a lot of really, really good receivers, and each one kind of has their own skill set. Deshaun Jackson, by far the best deep ball receiver I might have ever seen. I mean, the guy was so good at tracking the ball down the field and making big plays. Jeremy Macklin was like – silky smooth in his routes and the way he moved silky you know yeah i mean yeah you know alshon jeffrey i I can't list everybody like i think aj is a very unique player he's so big and so physical as a receiver you you just don't see guys that are that size and it's hard for corners to to press him to stay with him when he's running to, yeah. When the ball's in the air, to be able to be physical with him to try and get it, you know, it's well, he's, that's, he's got the advantage in so many different yeah. areas. And, and that's where he kind of, like, I know it's not a good comp athleticism-wise, but, like, Alshon Jeffrey in his prime was a big physical receiver. Man, listen, and Alsh- you yeah, guys don't win Al- the Super Bowl without Alshon Jeffrey, yeah. baby. And Alshon used to say, one of my favorite things Alshon said was, you know, even when I'm covered, I'm not. Like, <laughs> basically... Basically, just throw the ball up. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna come down with it, right? And, he does. and that's he does. that's the type of confidence you want to have in a guy. And um, you know, AJ's got that type of vibe. Uh, you know, if you're gonna line up, play man on man, uh, and as a quarterback, to have that comfort blanket to go to, know that you got a guy that's gonna win most of a lot of those fifty fifty matchups. That's huge. Yeah, it's huge. Absolutely huge. The other thing I want to talk about from the game is you know, um, yeah, I just want to. Just wasn't good enough. You know, I think we got a lot to improve on. Week one is always, uh, you know, you're waiting to see what everything looks like and yeah. uh, everybody's so kind of trying out. Right. Yeah, but everything's new. Everything's, yeah. You know, we did not do a good enough job communicating. There were too many mistakes offensively, and that's largely my job. You know, my job is to, you know, be a communicator, make sure everybody's on the same page. And You guys um, were weak on the comms? Yeah, I mean, on, Detroit man. made it difficult. It was loud. They Kudos to them for That's a great uh, putting together a, a tough uh, environment in uh, Ford Field. But, um, you know, we got to be better, and that's something that we'll be focusing on for next week against Minnesota. So talk about the cons. So not everybody understands what type of communication uh, could be lacking and stuff like that. Where could you have done better? The center's communication, the quarterback's communication kind of sets uh, – 
what everything's happening for the play, right? Yeah, it kind of trickles from there to everybody yeah, else. Yeah. Who's the mic? Who's the identified uh, point for the play? Uh, you know, whether the offensive line is going to be sliding it, whether it be in a man protection, um, you know, who we're going, basically who we're going to. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that, that communication needs to be a lot clearer. And uh, that's on me. Yeah. So it, it um, typically it typically goes quarterback and at least in our it, quarterback sets the mic center tells everybody where he's going and then the guards know where they're going the tackles know where they're going everybody then knows based off of where the center's going where they who they're working to and yeah. uh, it can it can get thrown off by new looks it can get thrown off by you know just uh, stuff that you haven't seen uh, previously or uh, it can get thrown off by new blitzes you know things like that. Um, yeah, I don't think that we got anything that was crazy different. Um, but I think, uh, you know, we just, in the environment, we didn't handle it well. We didn't do signals for the backs, so they knew what was going on. It was too loud for them to hear. Uh, guys next to us, I need to be louder to make sure that they're getting the call. All things that, you know, for an older player, uh, this is what I bring value, right? I've been in these situations, so I got to be much better in helping and putting us in the right situation. Uh, but it also just comes down. I can't reiterate, you know, how much Jalen Hurts really uh, made that day go, man. Because uh, despite all that, he was able to make multiple plays that would have been broken uh, into a positive plays for our offense. It's crazy, man. Um, both teams this year that were in the Super Bowl lost week one. So it brings the question: Is the Super Bowl hangover real? Did you guys uh, did you guys lose your first game after the Super Bowl? I know oh we gosh. we won our game. We actually smoked the Texans. I don't remember. Here, I'll look it up real quick. I don't remember. I mean, Jason, it was the only game you guys had like a baby parade in the beginning of this. Like, what do you mean? You don't remember what game it was? We won. I don't think the Super Bowl hangover is real. I think that if you have good leadership, all of that is taken care of in the off season. Yeah, I, once I think- training camp hits. If if you got the right leaders and the right coaching staff and uh, you know everybody's working their tail off the same, I, there's nothing wrong. I mean, I, I just don't yeah, see. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a bit of a fallacy. I think it's. I think really the reason why it's a thing is when you win the Super Bowl, everyone's watching your tape. Everyone's trying to figure out how to either take what you're doing that's working and make it successful within their offense, or they're trying to find out defensively. How do we stop these plays? Because they know everybody's going to be trying to copy somewhat of what you're doing that's working, right? So when you're a successful team, everybody's studying your tape. Everybody's out there looking and coming for you. I love that um, feeling. I love that. It just makes my chest a little bigger, (laughs) shoulders a little stronger. Like, come and get it, baby. And I had had my best year after I won the Super Bowl because I've had that mentality of, yeah, come and get it, baby. Good luck. Yeah, and, I know. I know. And, you, we're going to get your best shot. You're going to get mine. You guys had a lot of success. You guys are still having success. So, I think. Um, and then also the other thing about the Super Bowl hangover is that no two teams are the same. Uh, yeah. So I think there's a people think of like a Super Bowl, a defending Super Bowl champion, like a defending heavyweight champion, right? And it's not the same. No two teams from any season are the same. Most teams, I think, what's the average? About 30 to 40% of your roster is different year yeah, over year. Yeah, the turnover in the NFL is sick. So, I, think, I think there's, what is it, 1,300 or four, something in terms of the entire league. There's 400 yeah. new faces every every year. 
And whenever you win a Super Bowl, that means four hundred guys lose their job every year. It's crazy. And, and whenever you win a Super Bowl, you know you're losing coaches on your staff that are getting promoted uh, to other organizations because they're trying to get that feeling. You're losing uh, players that were key backups, special teams players, guys that were instrumental in your success. All of those guys are getting. When you win, everybody is getting paid. Everyone is getting the benefit of success. So. Um, you know, the team's not the same. Even if you're returning the same starting quarterback, the same starting 11, same starting uh, on both sides, um, no two teams are the same. So, and that's, you know, that's just the reality of it. So, Super Bowl hangover ain't real in my mind. You got to keep bringing it. Obviously, the teams are different. The Rams are still a great team. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are still a great team. Uh, but yeah. week one is obviously not uh, favorable in that aspect. Let's give the new heights. Stamp of the week. Which performers from week one <clears throat> stood out most to you and why? Immediately after I, I got done playing, I started checking out just stats across the, the league, and I saw that Saquon Barkley had like 100 buku yards on the ground and then another like 80 in the air. He had almost like 300 yards or something like that in, in terms of offense. And on top of that, the last play of the game just willed – or the last play for his offense on a two-point conversion just willed his team to win. Um, it was kind of like a uh, Mike Kafka brought in some of the some of the offense that we had out here in Kansas City. And, um, and it was a two-point play that I actually know exactly what the call was, but it was a little shovel pass to um, – to Saquon and two guys are in the hole ready to stuff the play. They knew it was coming and Saquon just jukes two guys out stiff arms one and then runs through a brick wall uh, to get the two point conversion to give them the lead with a minute left. It was just put your team on your back moment and, um, yeah. and hats off to him, man. The guys had a, had a rough go with the injuries in his career and uh, to see him come out and just absolutely kill it was cool to see, man. Great dude. When he's healthy, he is just, so unbelievable to watch. Saquon. You talk man. about a unbelievably well-rounded back of athleticism, power, uh, finesse. I mean, he's got s- such an arsenal uh, to come at you with as a running back. So he's a he's a special player. So Saquon. Hopefully, you got hopefully, yeah, man. Hopefully, he can stay healthy this year. Yeah, NFC East uh, did pretty well this week outside of the Cowboys. All everyone won. So uh, we got some competition. Right on the NFC East, ain't got nothing on the on the AFC West though. We'll keep it moving. Who is your player of the week, brother? <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. I if if we're doing this, I'd probably go Josh Allen. Um, if we're doing this, we're doing it, brother. All right, Josh Allen. Just you know, obviously that was a highly anticipated game. You got defending Super Bowl champions Thursday night. Jay Allen, the Buffalo baby. Bills. Some argue that the Buffalo Bills might have beaten the Kansas City Chiefs had the current overtime rules been in effect uh, the previous year. Them guys but... bit <laughs> Some people say the same thing about when I lost to Tom Brady in the AFC Championship and we yeah. lost to a coin flip. But Isn't no, it? we did. Yeah. We just lost to Tom Brady in overtime. I don't think well, we lost anymore. Either way, uh, you got to res- that. You got to love the way that guy plays, man. He's a he's, he's a, a boss, man. Yeah. Absolute dog on the field, man. I mean, yeah. he he plays the game how I wish I yeah. would have played quarterback when I was a quarterback. He, a dual threat guy, but his arm is just so special that he could just put it anywhere on the field. He can throw on the yeah. run. He can throw anywhere on the field on the run. He's just smart dude. On top of that, and just a fearless competitor, man. He's uh, he's fun to watch and fun to play against, man. It's kind of like. 
Like if Eric Lindros was a quarterback, he'd be like Josh Allen. I feel like. <laughs> okay, all right. I think. You know what I, I mean? No, I know exactly what you mean. Um, hopefully Josh doesn't have those as many concussions. Shout out to Eric Lindros, eighty-eight baby. Good point. My Good favorite point. hockey player growing up. That's, That's why, why I Jason referenced said it. it. That's exactly why. Shout out to I the knew you'd like Street that. bullies back in the nineties, baby. Um, <laughs> he was. I think he was post Broad Street bullies. No, but anybody that plays for the Flyers, is Flyers, the they're automatic. That's fair. Okay. Broad Street, yeah, I'm not talking about the original. <laughs> that was like black and white television. <laughs> All right. Before we go, let's look uh, ahead quickly to week two. Yeah, let's look, uh, let's look ahead. Trav, um, you play on Thursday night this week. Which Thursday means night football, this, baby. Prime time. Mean? The which only mean? show on television. Which means this podcast will be airing the day before the game. What can you... Sh- Tell our listeners uh, or explain to them what it's like to play on Thursday night uh, in the NFL. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. Um, some guys talk about how it's a short week and it's it hurts, it's rough on their body. But yeah, it's everybody. Everybody has to deal with it. You know what I mean? The guys across from you are dealing with the same things you're dealing with. So I still think it's a fair match. And I and granted, I'm gonna get ready to play no matter what day of the week it is. I think that the Thursday night games are special. I do enjoy playing in them, and I also enjoy the the kind of the relaxation of the weekend that's after it, um, if you get the win. But it's a quick turnaround, man. You get to, you hardly are out there in practice. Uh, for the most part, it's walk through because of how sore the body is from the the game that you just got done playing in on Sunday, um, and it challenges you mentally to understand the playbook in a shorter amount of time. That's the that's probably the biggest thing for me is understanding the looks that understanding the the intentions of the play caller this year we get to have it in the the second week which is a whole lot easier than it being week 14 12 through 14 or something like that where later in the year you're trying to put together a game plan you know we had the whole entire off season to really look at our first couple games knowing that that thursday night game was going to be a short one i think we did get a head start on it a little bit but at the same time it's a it's a divisional rival for us you know yeah. we're playing the chargers a team that we're familiar with they got a few new pieces and uh it, it definitely ups the ante in terms of you know the challenge at hand uh because of their defensive front now to kind of match their their secondary which has always been pretty solid um and yeah i get to i get to go up against one of the best safeties in the in the league man in my eyes the best safety in the league in derwin james um and i always love that challenge man he's uh he's gotten me a few times and I'm um, just uh, I'm licking my chops to get out there and, and getting getting after it, man. I feel the same way as you do about Thursday games. I love them. I think, uh, you know, it's like a mini buy, right? That's what everybody calls it, the mini buy. Uh, you get a nice long break after the game uh, for the next week, um, and uh, the quick turnaround is all walkthroughs. So, in some ways, that week you're probably doing less damage to your body throughout the week than you are for most weeks. So, yeah. Uh, I think that the the Thursday night football being bad for players is nonsense, personally. Do you think there's any difference in primetime games? 1,000%. I get so fired up when those lights are on, man. I, I, yeah. I absolutely get fired up. It's just a whole different feeling, especially Arrowhead with the lights on, the the – Oh my gosh! This the green, the the grass just looking so plush early on in the year. It's the first game of the season. Arrowhead's gonna be rocking. This is gonna be an absolute electric atmosphere, man. And I can't wait to get get out there, man. 
Yeah, I think I'll take uh, primetime games over a noon game any day of the week. Yeah, I I like uh, one o'clock games. Get in, get your work done, and I'm out of here. A little afternoon delight. Yeah, I don't need primetime. What are you talking about? <laughs> Sitting around eight o'clock, I don't get done playing football till eleven thirty. Listen, I get it. It's great for fans. It's awesome for TV. <laughs> I love watching primetime games, but I would much rather play a one. My favorite time slot, four o'clock. Four o'clock optimal time slot. But eight o'clock, I'm, it's whatever. It's good for Twitter, I guess. All right. Any difference? All right. Would you make any changes to the NFL's primetime schedule? No. I, I, no. I have nothing. I have nothing for you. What about you? Uh, I don't know if I'd make a diff. I don't know if I'd make any change to the NFL's primetime schedule. I just think the NFL should capitalize on more holiday games and like advertise it. Cause I think like Thanksgiving is like highly successful for the NFL. There should be like a yearly Halloween game, right? As long as it's like within that a Thursday to Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it Thursday should be advertised Monday, really. yeah, no, as no. like, I don't know. What do you? Uh, what's something scary? The Ghoul Bowl. We got to get the Ghoul Bowl going. The Ghost Bowl. Tomatoes. The werewolf. Where's werewolves? I'm. Right. I'm gonna let you just sink right now. You're just right, like saying right now. Christmas. Christmas. You know how awesome the Saint Nick Bowl. Yeah, that's got to be. I played on a, Christmas. It was electric. It's great. It was Isn't a, it awesome. great? It made me. You got feel people like dressed up as Santa Claus. It's unbelievable. It's fun. We I gotta capitalize on this. It's gotta be I think like I actually have and I have a Christmas Eve game this year. That'll be fun. I'm just saying, it's gotta be marketed more. Right now it just happens organically. The NFL should market it up more and play into it more. That's my shtick on primetime events. Jason's a big holiday guy. Who's not? What, you don't like holidays? <laughs> I'm not getting into this, man. What? Uh, no, I, who I, exactly. Who doesn't love holidays? I'm with you. Who's your uh, what's your favorite holiday? I mean, it's got to be Christmas. I or what do we? I, yeah, I mean, Christmas I like July is July Fourth. July Fourth yeah. is a fun, I was about to say Christmas blast. is like the prototypical answer. Everyone loves Christmas because I it's love Christmas. Time. Who doesn't love Christmas? No, it's because it's presents. Let's not cut the cut the bullshit. It's all about presents. <laughs> I don't all know right? if I got any presents it's about family. It's about presents. What'd you what are you talking for, about? You, what presents you give me for Christmas last year? I, don't, I haven't given you a present in years. You're a millionaire. What the fuck am I buying you presents for? I ain't buying you presents. Uh, Christmas is about the presents, baby. I'll Whoa. send you a, a freaking text. That's what you get for Christmas. A heartfelt message from your brother. I did get you something I'll, recently. What I'll did I get you? For I got you that Wayne Gretzky. I got you that Wayne Gretzky 99 jersey. It needs to yeah. go right yeah. here. It needs to go yeah. right here. Yeah, it put it up in the show. It does. Uh, my favorite holiday? <laughs> Tough. Got to go 4th of July. Got to go Fourth of July. Uh, just maybe the a runner-up, or are we talking? Just is the party just always epic, or what? Are, just what do you mean? I don't. I think it's just the time it, of year. It's always like seems to be nice out. The weather's great. Everybody's you, excited to eat barbecue and drink alcohol. Like that just sounds like a. I mean, what are we talking about? Sounds like my kind of party. Yeah. Right. There's yeah. usually water involved. Like you're you're combining like all of my favorite things into one holiday, like, and not to mention like 1980s like rock and roll and classic rock and yeah, I mean you know whatever so else Bruce you're playing. Springsteen, 
Oh, the boss? What? <laughs> Do you wear jorts on, on July 4th or what? Uh, I kind of ruined. I had I had a really good pair of jorts, and uh, I go commando usually. And uh, pants, I just, I, no, I just chafed them. I, my, I'm a heavy thigh rubber, and they just burn a hole in them suckers. They were, they were thighs great, over hey, here, man. Bro, they were a great pair of jorts too, and I lost them. Rest in peace. Fuck, commando boy, man. Second, uh, second favorite holiday is probably Father's Day. I think Father's Day is like such that needs to be. We need to, we need to start celebrating Father's Day as a country. We need to commit to the yeah. celebration of Father's Day. You don't think we have fully? No. Not at all. When is the last time you've even heard of Father's Day? Every year. Do you do what do it you do for dad around. on Father's Day? You, we both buy flowers for Mama Mother's I Day. Give, what do we do for I dad? I send dad a heartfelt text. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm not trying to bash moms. Okay, I'm not trying to bash moms. Love moms. They're love getting a Mother's lot of love. Day. They're getting a lot of love. This is all I'm saying. I think the world is plentiful of great moms in this world right everyone for the not everyone the vast majority of individuals on this planet have a great mom therefore because of the shortage of great dads in this world and i'm being serious with this for those of you that had a great dad consider yourself lucky man i'm a lucky man the next time it's father's day celebrate the fuck out of that old man all right you are lucky to have a great one like travis and i were and like I'm gonna be to my children, hopefully, um, you know, that's a holiday that we need to get more behind in this country, and that's a holiday we need to get more behind. Not to get preachy, I'm getting preachy. I do this too much. All right, I'll stop. Everyone, let's celebrate Jason once a year. No, I didn't say. Come on, <laughs> I'm not even like a real dad yet. My kids don't even do anything. They just if you're if your if your kids can't poop and pee on their own yet, you're you're an infant. You know, that's not, you know, you're not dealing with real, real shit. You're dealing with baby shit. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you tied. That's good, right? Well, that about wraps up the second episode of New Heights. New episodes every Wednesday during the season will be happening of New Heights. Be sure to watch and subscribe on YouTube to the New Heights channel. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, New Heights is a Jukes original presented by Wave Sports and Entertainment. Thanks to our producers and follow the show on all social media at New Heights Show. Catch y'all next Wednesday. Adios. Thank you for listening to New Heights. Make sure to rate and subscribe. Also, if you want to watch the show, go and check out New Heights on YouTube and follow the show on all social media platforms at New Heights Show.